The Last Word with Matt Cooper. And so let's go to the Rugby World Cup. Seven games on this weekend, but there's only one that we really care about. That's the game against Scotland tomorrow evening, which could confirm us in the quarterfinals. But if there's the wrong result, we could be out of the World Cup, which would be pretty unthinkable after all of the joy about beating the defending champion South Africa just under two weeks ago. We have Billy Holland, Fergus McFadden and Matt Williams with us. And Billy, let's talk first of all about the Irish selection because you're a former line-out expert and it really is noticeable that in the, the pack, the hooker and the line-out caller from the South African game have been dropped to the bench. Ronan Callagher, James Ryan, replaced by Dan Sheehan and Ian Henderson. Are you surprised by the ruthlessness of Andy Farrell in this? Is it the right call? It's um, it's a tough one. I think it's, it shows the 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 good state that the squad is in. That you've got um, guys of that quality that you can take out and bring in. I think um, James Ryan has been fantastic. I think he has improved immeasurably over the last couple of years in terms of his line calling ability. I think tend to be fair. Ian Henderson came on and had a superb game when there was question marks as to whether he should even be on the bench for that South Africa game, I thought he came on and had a huge impact. So it's a tough one. It's the ruthlessness of professional rugby, I suppose. Um, you know, I am probably a little bit surprised at James Ryan's omission, to be honest with you. I think he's a leader within the pack. Um, I think he has really stood up over the last couple of years when, when asked. But uh, as I said, look, Ian Henderson is a, is a captain of, of his own being as well. So then from a hooker point of view, Dan Sheehan is probably the best hooker in the world. You know, he was coming back from, from injury, so I'm not surprised to see him back in. Um, you know, is this, uh, look, the lineup wasn't great at the start of the game against South Africa, it's fair to say that, but it did improve as the game went on. I, I think that is a, a testament to the players who, both uh, James Ryan and uh, Henderson, who came on to replace him, so... It's a tough one, um, but you know you got two good guys coming off the bench now. Uh, conversely, uh, on, on Saturday evening, Fergus McFadden, how surprised are you by it? Because James Ryan's form did take a dip a couple of years ago when he had problems with concussion injuries, and he missed out in the British and Irish Lions tour. But he's come back in brilliant form in the last couple of years. So, are you surprised to see Ian Henderson get the nod ahead of him? I probably was surprised to see Ian get the nod ahead of him, but I mean, um, Billy spoke well there um, around some of the reasoning, and I think I'll probably leave it up to him on the technical side as to why things faltered in that, um, you know, first 30 minutes against South Africa. But, you know, in fairness to Ronan and to James and the the other, you know, uh, six players in the pack, I'd, I'd say it was a combination of maybe bad calling and also, you know, some, some port throwing by, by Ronan. But, you know, as Billy said, um, at halftime, you know, between Paul O'Connell and the, the leaders in, in the team and, and predominantly in the pack, they problem solved. And in fairness, Ian Henderson did come on and play great. And t- to be honest, um, I personally think that Ireland will, will, will beat Scotland uh, on, on uh, tomorrow evening. And I think that it'll put Ireland in, in a much better place actually going into the quarterfinal because you have the, the likes of Ian Henderson and Rowan Kelleher getting their chance um, to be potentially the front, you know, the front runner for, for their position running into the, the quarterfinal. So it just creates more competition for the, um, 
for 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 both Hooker and and second row, but I certainly was surprised to see James left out. Yeah, but Bob Williams, are we maybe perhaps being a little bit too harsh on the Irish lineout from that game against South Africa? Because it has been pointed out that essentially the South African pack was cheating and that it was not been refereed properly because they kept closing the gap and that allowed them then to actually put pressure on the Irish lineout that if the rules and laws had been properly applied, wouldn't have happened. I think uh, it's only cheating if you get caught, Matt, I think is what we would say in rugby. I thought the South Africans, I think it was a very mixed bag. Um, uh, I, I've actually spent a bit of time looking at there, there were a couple of poor lifts definitely a couple of poor calls and a couple of bad throws. And also, I think the Irish side were very slow to pick up on what the uh, South Africans were doing in defence. And we have to give the South Africans a lot of credit. They changed their defence. They went up when, uh, and put two pods up there in the very first line out in that court island napping. And they also, without being able to draw this, they do some funny business, as you were suggesting, Matt, when they stand there prop out who says I'm a scrum half but he really wasn't a scrum half and was moving into the line out and so on and you've got to give them credit so I think when you look across that range of answers uh, that is it wasn't just one thing but it's if Ireland go into quarters and semis and losing their first four lineouts and there was another lineout lost later in the game they lost five lineouts inside South Africa's 22 you just can't do that and win the big games. So, and, and Ireland's line-out percentage, and this is, this is a very important one, Matt, they dropped from the best percentage in the world. They were down to 77%. The only three teams below them are three of the minnows from South, uh, South America and, and the, um, uh, from Portugal. So that's at this current World Cup. So the line-out is not functioning well and something has to be done about it. Now, I do, I have also been told that James Ryan does have an injury, that that's not an excuse. He does have a wrist injury. But I still think that Henderson did a much better job when he came on. And, you know, this is playing for a World Cup, and they've got to make those hard decisions. And I agree with Billy. This shows you the quality of the competition within the group. Matt, I don't doubt that he has a wrist problem, but if it's serious enough that he can't start, surely he wouldn't be on the bench with it. Well, I would have said the same thing, Matt, because the trouble with putting an injured player on the bench, if someone does get injured, they then have to come on and play for the rest of the game. So if you had an injured player that you you had some doubt about, you would start them. So that's why I I, I didn't think, I thought it might have been an excuse, but I, I do, and I don't want to say too much, I do believe it is quite a serious injury to James Ryan's wrist. He's had it strapped all week at training, and I am surprised in that case that he's even on the bench. Okay, we'll see if he actually is on the bench so tomorrow evening when it comes around to it. Billy, does the Scottish line-out have the potential to do the damage to us in the way the South Africans did? Scotland would traditionally be very good from a line-out point of view, uh, both in attack and defence. You know, just just to point out one of the things Matt said there, South Africa did something, what they did was very different to what they had done in the lead-up to that Irish game. But that's what you can expect uh, in these knockout games. So, I think Ireland will probably see something that Scotland haven't done yet to date. Um, and it's how Ireland adapts to it. I think there'll be lessons learned. Ireland started taking balls straight up the front with Peter Romani. You know, no one's going to beat him straight up the front. You just get the ball. You can't play with 100% of the ball that you don't have. So you talk about the effectiveness of the ball that you win. And ideally, you're trying to win the ball further back in the line-out so you can attack you know, in a more prominent position. 
but they need to win the ball the front. So I think Scotland will throw something at Ireland tomorrow that they haven't seen before, but it's up to Ireland to adapt on the fly and you know probably react a little bit quicker than what they did against the game in South Africa. But Ireland have got the abilities and capabilities to deal with whatever Scotland do throw at them, in my opinion. Slight deviation from the match as such, but you mentioned Peter Romani and you played with him for so many years at Munster. You know, how extraordinary is it that at the age of 34, he's still going his 100th cap tomorrow, uh, given that he started playing for Ireland as far back as 2012 It's it's fantastic and one would argue he's playing some of the best rugby of his life at the moment he's clearly in a a rich vein of form Um, he's had a phenomenal career Uh, I was talking to someone there when when he came up to Cannes first as an 18 year old and You'd heard all about this young fella who was uh, all the go from from Prez and he was, you know, Munster School's captain and all this. And, you know, a few of us kind of him up and he was walking around with this swagger and you kind of thought we're going to get stuck into him. Get stuck into him. And he was well able to take us from 22, 23-year-olds up in the senior team in Cannes. So you knew right from the get-go when we first met him that he's a, he's a tough fella. What, what I love about Pete is that he's got the, the balance between being a constant professional but also the bit of old school about him. He's he's a, an emotional leader for, for both Ireland and Munster, and um, he's such an important part of the leadership group. And, you know, I think his game has improved hugely over the last couple of years. His ball carrying, his line of ability has always been phenomenal. And he really is now a key man in that Irish back row. Fergus, of course, you played alongside him in Irish teams of around a decade ago or so. What do you make of him as a player? And also, given that you're a Leinster man and he's a Munster man as a leader on the pitch. Yeah, I I think the first time I came across Peter was uh, I played against him uh, in the Aviva Stadium. He came on, I think it was in 2012 or 11. And... um, I, I remember I tried to hit him. I had a, had a good angle to hit him, and and I just couldn't get over his, his explosiveness for for a young guy at that stage who probably hadn't built out as much as he is now. But um, yeah, his career has, has been has been phenomenal. I think all the plaudits he's, he's been given in the media by the likes of Andy Farrell and Johnny Sexton. I mean that that says enough. You know the top coaches and, and players in the game giving all the credit he deserves. But um. Yeah, I, I actually I, I met Peter's father at a, at a dinner. I think it was around uh, last year, and you know I just I said to him I said you know I don't know what Peter's eating or drinking, but he's been playing the best rugby of his life because, um, I, I you know at the age of thirty four to be to be producing the goods around um, guys who are you know seven eight years his junior, um, and, and you know arguably in their prime and you know it, it's a credit to him and. Um, you know, he, he has become a pivotal leader to this Irish side, you know, himself, Johnny Sexton and um, James Ryan and, and, and probably Gary Ringrose. They are the, 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 the leaders to this team. And I think um, Peter O'Mahony staying fit will be will be key to, to Ireland going um, as far as possible in the competition. And I suppose, Matt Williams, can you think about it as well? Warren Gatland also acknowledged it by making him captain of the British and Irish Lions in the first test against New Zealand in 2017 when Sam Warburton wasn't available. He seems to be a man, though, for the big moment in a game, isn't he? That there have been, throughout his career, games where he might have seemed ordinary enough and then suddenly did something quite extraordinary. I remember one particular try-saving moment against New Zealand in a game of the Aviva. 
I, I think, and you're right, Matt, the, the boys have spoken so well and know, you know, playing with and against Peter, talk about his leadership. I think the thing that strikes me about Peter is his mental strength. Um, exactly what you said, Matt, you know, the, it, at the big moments he stood up, he did things. But also I've got to say about Peter, I thought he was finished in 2019. You know, he was, he, age was saying that I might be coming to the end. And Peter, to his great credit, has obviously trained exceptionally hard. Because I think he's, he's at the fittest, physically the, the, the fittest I've ever seen him. And he's had the mental strength to push through in, in the back row where all the great athletes play and still be dominant at, at the age. And I agree, he is playing some of the best rugby of his career right now. And when you champions are champions for a whole lot of reasons, but being strong between the years and the spirit is the main one, and uh, there's no doubt that the guys love playing with him, and, and he, he's a leader in that group. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about the game tomorrow night, because there are permutations which could send Ireland out of the World Cup. If we were to lose by more than eight points without scoring a bonus point, we would be gone. But, Fergus, how much extra pressure does that put on Scotland? Not just that they have to win, but they have to win by eight points, and they have to stop us scoring four tries for a bonus point. Yeah, I think it's it's a high-pressure game for, for both teams, Matt, really. Um, you know, uh, Johnny Sexton said, I think, in, in, a, in an interview during the week, they're treating this like a last 16. So they're, they're going out to, to win this match. Um, you know, personally, I think Ireland, I think Ireland will, will maybe win with the try bonus point. Uh, I wouldn't be as worried and that that's not taking Scott, this Scotland team, you know, for granted. We'll have to play well, but I just don't think they're at they're at the same level that Ireland are at at the moment. I think um, Ireland's defence is something that probably hasn't been mentioned that much um, by people, and and that's the reason that they're number one in the world. It's not because their attack their attack is also fantastic, but their ability to absorb pressure from the top teams from long periods of time, get themselves out of trouble. You know, we saw some of the scramble. Um, even when South Africa broke our line against, you know, in that in that group stage game uh, a couple of weeks ago, it's just phenomenal. Um, they just have an amazing, uh, a brilliant defensive strategy, but also their ability to to problem solve when teams do get in behind them is brilliant. And I think that Scotland they pose a threat with Finn Russell. Obviously, he has. Um, a lot of tricks up his sleeve but but really um, you know you look back to the game in the Six Nations in March you know Ireland lost two hookers at 50 minutes Keane Healy goes into uh, cover hooker and Josh Van der Vlier starts throwing the ball into the line out and you know we still beat them by 15 points they only scored one try in that game I, I just I, I don't really see how um, they're going to cause Ireland that many issues if we if we play to the level we have been in, in the other group stage games so far But Billy Holland you know, there's always shocks in a World Cup and you get one-off performances and something might happen like an Irish player getting sent off early in the game. Is there a danger that even if the fans might be complacent about it, any danger that subconsciously the players will not take Scotland seriously as Scotland haven't beaten us since 2017? It's a long time, isn't it? You'd want them to be starting tomorrow evening. Um, I don't think so. I think... Ireland have known for a long time that it was, as as Ferg just said, the last 16 game. It is knockout rugby. You know, all these permutations, while it's important that they know what the permutation, the outcomes can be, there's only one focus and that's winning the game. You know, we talked uh, previously about World Cups being about momentum. 
and Ireland have momentum from the South Africa game if they want to progress on in the World Cup and they want to do something that no other Irish team has to do and bear in mind this team are determined to make history to build on what they did in New Zealand um, 18 months ago they need to continue their momentum they will not be taking any chances in this game and you see it in the selection You know, that there's ruthlessness in the selection for this game they're going out with their strongest team uh, Ireland on paper are better than Scotland you know man for man I don't think there's any player that you'd swap over but again as I've said previously the beauty of sport is all on the day but Ireland will be focused on their performance on continuing the momentum and building their momentum um, going forward OK, we need to take a break. Stay with us, Billy Holland, Fergus McFadden and Matt Williams, and we'll be back to continue our preview of the last 16 game, as we're now calling it, in the Rugby World Cup between Ireland and Scotland after we've had the traffic. Welcome back. We are going back to Billy Holland, Fergus McFadden and Matt Williams in previewing the Ireland-Scotland game tomorrow evening. Matt Williams, I remember back in 2007, Ireland went into a game like this not just having to win, but having to score four tries and failing dismally against Argentina. And for all the talk from Razzie Erasmus, he's happiest with the position South Africa are in and all the pressure is on Ireland. Given that there is a four-point gap between Ireland and Scotland, is this too much pressure to put on Scotland to get the result when if, instead of it just been a straightforward win? It's an interesting one, Matt. <clears throat> if, you, if you consider... Um, the leadership of Sexton in this process about dealing with pressure. Uh, Sexton hasn't lost to a Scottish team at club or international in 12 years. Um, Ember Glasgow and 12 against uh, Scotland, he's never lost. And I think dealing with that pressure on the field and winning games like the third test in New Zealand, like the Grand Slam in um, at, at the Aviva, this team has grown in belief and, and you understand how to perform on those big pressure days. The more you do it and the more you succeed at it, the more you believe you can. If we compare that to the Scots, they played for a triple crown against Ireland last year and, and, and as Fergus pointed out, Ireland had all sorts of troubles with their hookers, had Josh Van throwing the ball in and, and Keen Hilly at, at hooker and they still couldn't get it done at home. So... You know, it is not impossible for Scotland to win their rank fifth in the world, but the pressure that they would be under, they will have to go to a place they've never gone before and they'll have to play at a better standard with better tactics or, or more creative tactics than they've ever used against Ireland before. So, you know, as they say, Matt, it doesn't always go to the fastest and the strongest, but that's the way to bet. And if you're looking at that, Scotland haven't performed on, at a pressure game to win a trophy or to move forward like that. Ireland have. And again, I, I totally agree with Billy. If you can pick a combined side, you know, there's not many Scots, if any, get there. So it doesn't mean they can't win. It just means it's more and more likely that Ireland have got the wood on them. But could it be, Billy, that they are better than they were in the Six Nations and that they have actually benefited from getting rid of the eccentricities of Stuart Hogg? They have a much better balanced team now without accommodating him. Kinghorn at full back, they have two terrific wings that if the ball gets to their backline and Russell gets going, they have the ability to do damage. I think you just said it there, Finn Russell, if he gets going, Ireland won't let him get going. I think he 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 can be brilliant, um, but I think too often 
he has been found wanting on the big day. And I think in real high-pressure situations, when, you know, Ferg talked about the Irish defence, the Irish defence will ensure that Finn Russell doesn't get to, as terminology they use sometimes, get to play in a dinner suit. They will be all over him. They'll put pressure on him. He'll play deep. Scotland will play behind the, the, the defensive line. So I don't think Scotland have what it takes from a big game scenario point of view and from a leadership point of view to beat an Irish team that is playing well and performing. That is the key, though. The Scotland team will try and disrupt Ireland that set piece. You know, we talked about, we haven't talked about the Irish front row. The Irish front row is the best front row in the world by a distance. You know, you've got probably the best half-backs in the world and the Irish team. So Ireland need to focus on their own performance, get after Finn Russell. I think if they get after Finn Russell and they, they give him a, a, a tough outing, don't give him time ball in space, don't let him have time to kick the ball, you know, to work his magic. Well then, Scotland, I don't think they have enough in reserve without him playing well. I really hope all three of you are right in all your positivity. Briefly before I finish, I want to ask you, Matt, about tonight's game, because after the hammering that Italy took against New Zealand, surely they are not in a position to spring a surprise against the host France, are they? You wouldn't think so, Matt. They were very, very disappointing. It's like they'd stepped back and in allowed all their bad habits, especially in defence. I, I just can't remember the exact number. I think it was 37 missed tackles against the New Zealanders. You just you can't even... That's not square one. You're gone. And uh, if we consider that France are putting out their best team, the Italians will really have to re- regroup to not get a hiding again. I hope they don't. Because, I, I mean, it's great for, for World Rugby that they've taken so many steps forward and they're a joy to watch. But they, they, if you've just got to get your defence right, it's just the basis of everything at World Cups. If you're not making your tackles, you can't do it. And France have, uh, are in rare form and the support at home for them is massive. So you, you can't see Italy doing, doing the game. I hope it's a much better contest than they put up against uh, the Kiwis. Actually, there is one other thing I forgot to ask from the Irish game. And Fergus McFadden, I'll put it to you. Unfortunately, Robbie Henshaw, it looks like, is struck down with an injury which would leave him out of the rest of the World Cup, assuming we get to the quarterfinals and beyond. If he wants to be replaced, there's a lot of speculation that Kean Healy will be brought back into the squad, missing, of course, because of the injury he got in the last warm-up game. Would you replace a centre in the squad with a prop? Oh, that's a very tough question. Um... You know, it's, I, I realised South Africa obviously brought um, Andre Pollard in for Malcolm Marks, which probably wasn't too surprising for, for, for everyone, considering, um, you know, Andre Pollard just needed to get some game time with Leicester, which he did, and he, they brought him straight back in at the first opportunity. But uh, it's a tricky one because uh, Keane Healy does probably bring something off the bench as a, as a front rower. That probably no other front rower over there does at the moment, aside from you know Ronan Kelleher, Dan Dan Sheehan, um, duo, which is, is is very closely matched between the two of them. So um, that would be a tough decision for for, for Paul O'Connell and, and Andy Farrell to make. But I, I saw in an interview during the week um, when Andy was asked about uh, Robbie, he did say that he'd be gone for a couple of weeks, weeks, which would you know by the sounds of things rule him out for the quarter final. So I'd say it's. It's certainly something they're considering at the moment, but what I will say is I'm gutted for Robbie because, um, listen, the, the, the man had, had such a, um, 
a positive impact on, on the Lions and, and on Ireland over the past number of years under Andy Farrell. So to miss out on a game like this and potentially a quarter final, um, I'm gutted for him. So I certainly want to, wouldn't want to see him going home. Yeah, because he's a big loss, isn't he? I mean, he's a much better option off the bench than Stuart McCloskey will be tomorrow night. Well, I'm not so sure every Ulster supporter would would agree with that, Matt. But um, I, I, with, with my Leinster hat on, I probably would agree with you. I think that, you know, um, everyone playing their best rugby, uh, you know, at, at first centre at 12, um, I think there, there, there's probably there, there wouldn't have been much between Bundy Aki and Robbie Henshaw. Certainly not the, the, with the rugby that, that Bundy Aki has been producing o- o- over at the World Cup so far. But um, to be fair to Short McCluskey, you know uh, Ireland saw what he could do um, during that uh, uh, South Africa game. I know he went off early enough, but um, you know with a couple of cameos that he's been given by Andy Farrell. Um, he's not the worst option considering you lose a world-class player like like Robbie Henshaw. But but you know, undoubtedly you're going to miss Robbie's class. Um, but he, he he's he's not going to be fit for a couple of weeks, so Ireland will have to go elsewhere. Thank you very much, Fergus McFadden, Matt Williams, and Billy Holland. The last word with Matt Cooper weekdays from four thirty. Today.